0: Getting split, Getting, split Getting split ready. Getting split ready. Getting split ready.
1: For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh,
0: God, I'm so sorry. No,
1: no, no. She's not dead.
0: We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show. Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Welcome to Getting Split Ready with Douglas Katz and Mariah Carey Pleasant. Also with us, Pamela Rack, uh, LSCW and PC, General Mental Behavioral Health Counseling Practice for Adults with Divorce Coaching, Collaborative Divorce Coaching, Co-Parenting Education, Graduate of Jane Addams College of Social Work and George Williams College, National Association of Social Workers, Collaborative Law Institute of Illinois, and Association of Family and Collaborative Courts. Mm. And on to free divorce Counseling. I think all the other stuff we're talking about today, this is a great, a great, weird place to start, right? Probably should have started with it, but this all gives a context.
2: Well, uh, it it is really, really, um, it, it's neat because the the pre divorce counseling has so much to do with again beginning with the end in mind. What is it? This is going to look like, and what is it that how what do I want my story to be about how I conducted myself and what that looked like, settlement aside and, and details aside from an emotional standpoint. So when I was thinking about this and preparing, I, I was thinking, okay, I think we maybe go back to why do people marry? Why, why are we even doing this when the divorce rate is this high and second marriages have an even more abysmal uh, rate? And oh my gosh, what about the people who marry their spouse that they divorced and get remarried? So there's- That was, you our, know,
0: that was our split ready of yeah,
2: That number's seemed high though. You
3: said 6%. I, I questioned that statistic, but
0: I, I didn't you. come up with a statistic. <laughs> I had to, I mean, I Googled those. I Googled
2: those. Well, if someone it's called, on Google, Someone it called me out sure. on that. They, were like,
0: <laughs> they called me out on the Democrat and Republican one. They were, that somehow posting that little piece of trivia became a political debate, but I digress. But
2: we digress, yes. So we marry, I think we marry because we want to be loved, we want to be happy, we want to feel fulfilled, and we want security. And that requires each person to have an appropriate level of maturity, flexibility, communication, and a willingness to compromise and trust building. Now, we fast forward to when there is a conflict, there is a, a tension, there's a rub, and pretty soon all of that, uh, you know, the first six months, I know the, the, uh, the, um, scans the pet scans look like an insane person so we get those analogies like i'm crazy in love and and i'm insanely jealous and and that's very real <laughs> those those things do light up the the pet scans like that in the brain but the when it's good it's all good and it's when the disagreements arise that the connectedness which is why we marry i think the connectedness is fractured and it's jeopardized and it's then when we look at the course of a marriage and how those patterns of and those dynamics of conflict, how we fight, how we argue, how we disagree, how we come to understanding, how we reconcile and repair, if you will, how we do that. And much of the time, there aren't checks and balances along the way for that. So what we have is people who just get really, really good and get better and better because they're practicing it more and more of how to... In a, in a toxic cycle, work things, I don't even know if it's out or work things through. I, I don't think that happens. So what, what pre-divorce counseling does is a lot of the really important stuff like get, get your health in order. My, my clients all have to get a physical. They all they all have to get a physical. I refer to a chiropractor. I make sure that they they have a real clean mindfulness. Um, I often refer to colleagues that have expertise that I don't, and really have them understand what their part is, not only in the demise of the relationship, because they had a part in it too, but then understanding how it is that they look to their spouse, who they're divorcing, to fill the needs that weren't filled along the way. So we're looking to the person that we married for the love, the happiness, the fulfillment, and the security And then because emotions hijack logic, we regress to unhealthier reactions and end up feeling all the way through the divorce process. And sometimes, and I mean this in all love, (laughs) feel unloved, unheard, disrespected, unhappy, unfulfilled, and insecure with the attorney and with the spouse that they're divorcing, so the the whole thing gets so blurred, because what they started, what, what couples started out doing, there isn't a pivot in the expectations of the divorce. So I I really concentrate heavily on: Are you really ready to do the divorce? That was, are, are you I really saw you doing smiling
0: that? and nodding? And I thought that's awesome. So yeah. people come to you. Because they think they got a lawyer up, right? That's what I got a lawyer up. You gotta, you know, protect your best interest. When people come to you, how often do you say no? You really need to go through this this first because Mm -hmm. many reasons.
1: I'm actually quite happy to say to someone, "You're not ready." Uh And um, typically, the person who comes in who's not ready is really hyper-emotional, and they're clearly looking for you to fix it, and I can't fix it. I can fix a divorce, right? I can fix a judgment for dissolution of marriage. I can fix your child support. I can fix your maintenance if you're entitled to it, right? That's my job, but I can't fix you, and if you're looking to me as an attorney to fix you, or you're still really on the edge, or you're just not there, I tell them, I just don't think you're there. And if you need to or want to go speak to another attorney, I will give you some referrals. But, you know, maybe you should go to therapy. Maybe you should think about this. Um, you know, maybe you shouldn't be making this decision two weeks after you've just given birth, right? Uh-huh. Or your spouse uh-huh. has just given birth. And I right? love
0: when you tell, like, I know there are stories behind every time you throw <laughs> this out. because You threw some stories out at that one meeting that we didn't get to, but I know that that's... From experience, not from pulling out of thin air.
1: Right. I mean, if you are in my office crying your eyes out because you cannot believe you got here and how could this happen, you are not ready. You are, you, even if you need out of that marriage because it's, and I can see it's not going to, right, I can see it's not going to survive from what you've told me. If you're not there, you can't do this process. Mm -mm. And you Mm -mm. need to speak to a therapist. Um, You know, barring any sort of physical or or abuse situation, you need to speak to a therapist. And and if you can't get people speaking to a therapist, and sometimes religion plays a role, speak to your rabbi, speak to your priest, Mm -hmm. speak to your minister. Do not speak to your family, speak to someone. <laughs> right. Because you're in an altered state. You must know my state. Family. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're in you're an altered judged. state. You're, you're not able that. to make the really
3: important financial right. and uh, child raising decisions that you need to make. It's not that different than coming in after a trauma or altered to make those decisions.
4: I think divorce is a grief process mm-hmm. and you have to go through those stages, which is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, mm-hmm. and acceptance and i think probably people even come to you and and ask you to make the decision for them yes they come to me and ask yeah. me to make the decision for them and i'm and i say the same thing well it's obviously you're not ready to make this decision let me tell you that it's a grief process and a grief process is not linear right so they might come in they say i'm so depressed okay tell me how you feel in an hour, right? So mm-hmm. a grief process mm-hmm. goes like this. Mm-hmm. My biggest concern in a grief process is when it does hit that linear and they're just straight up depressed, that's what I worry. But if they're all over the place and their emotions are all over the place, then that's good. Then you're going through the process.
2: It's also very, very common to for the client to project their needs and their expectations on the attorney so I work really closely and ideally collaboratively and amicably with the attorney because you take a hit from the clients as well because if they're looking for the protector, they're looking for a a person who's going to make the decision for them, those expectations and those roles are projected onto you, and that causes a lot of tension in the relationship between what it is that you want to do for them and what they're expecting from you. And once those emotions get involved, that jeopardizes the relationship you have with them as well. It, it is, and it is it is physically and emotionally mm-hmm. exhausting
1: to deal with something someone who is your client who's not there and and hopefully you get it ahead of time and and hopefully they go to therapy once you spot it um but i I do have to say and i've told many people you're not ready i I think i can safely say most have come back if they're getting divorced Mm -hmm. um and, and they they do tend to respect that because you know they're coming in they are going to need to pay you money. There's always an expectation that an attorney is going to try to take advantage, right? Because that—that's that person. You know, they're—they're—they're they're, they're the bad attorney, right? Territic. They're gonna—they're gonna take your money and they don't really care. And I don't think that's the experience for most attorneys who practice in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. s- somehow, we really try to care about the outcome for everybody, and you know. If you come back i've i've had someone who came back once a year for five years before she pulled the trigger and it was truly amazing because by the time she pulled the trigger i knew her right i knew all about her child her her child i i knew about her i knew the history and it became a very very good relationship with her because we had had a built-up history and the trust that she needed to finally get the divorce i knew she needed right five years prior but she wasn't ready we had a we had a trust built up and so um i don't think it's a bad thing for an attorney to say you're not ready and i don't think it's a bad thing for an attorney to say you need to go to therapy and i really don't think it's a bad thing for an attorney to withdraw from a case if your client isn't ready and is insisting on going forward because you do not have to be as an attorney or a therapist Mm -hmm. um,
2: part of someone's self-destructing Right. And that ambivalence to the point of those stages of grief and uh, that occur in any loss, ambivalence and that, that thinking it through is a necessary part of the process. So once people understand it's not that you're delaying or that you're – that, that ambivalence, that thinking it through, the denial, the bargaining, all of those pieces – are as important developmentally in getting through the process as say a child's developmental period. So it's, it's beneficial to have a name and to assign a, an experience, a physical experience to it and to really process that through. So oftentimes therapy isn't just one modality either. So when we talk about therapies, you can hear that we do a lot of collaboration and cross referring because multiple modalities do different things and they're
4: all important and they all have a role. I would say um, some clients that do have that experience and lawyer up really fast, or whatever you want to say, um, have a really traumatic experience doing that if they're not ready. I'd say the opposite is true than the client that waits, you know, five years and, you know, some sometimes um, sometimes the people that pull the trigger really fast have a really awful post-divorce. Yeah. You know? What do you do though
3: in the case where one person is ready? one person is driving the train, one person is ready for the divorce, has been for years, and the other person is absolutely nowhere near ready, but is getting dragged along in the process because there's two people involved. There's two people who are part of this. What do you do then?
4: I mean, then there has to be some reality check and it ha- and somebody has to say to them, you know, looks like this thing is gonna happen whether you like it to or not. So it's time for you to get some help and um, do all the self-care that we just talked about go to therapy and really process this thing that's going to happen because if somebody's driving the train they're driving the train and and that's it
3: is it the same from the legal side kind of that tough love conversation
4: yeah
1: you do you very much have the tough love conversation but on the opposite side for the person who's been gone for four years yeah and they're already in a relationship and they have moved on and and they can't understand why the other person hasn't um it is also really extremely important to tell that person and to make sure they understand as many times as you can because they'll understand for a minute until something kind of happens which is understandable is that the divorce will only go or be as easy as the slowest person, mm-hmm. and the slowest mm-hmm. person is the person who is dragging their feet in this situation um, because they they don't they don't want to get divorced or they're not there. And so, as much as you really have to have the tough love conversation with the person who who does need to catch up for for their own sanity and and, and mental health sake, you also do have to say to the person who's been gone for ages, you know, this is new to this person. You you need to sometimes just let them have the time that they need, and and that's a a similarly difficult conversation to have. And again, therapists are very good to bring in and help with this because there's some point in everyone's life where they have been left behind, Mm -hmm. and therapists are really good at bringing that out. I
0: have a question. You know, we talk sometimes about how to tell people you're getting divorced and all these ways to kind of roll something out. What advice, and and I think actually all our panelists could give information, let's say people are thinking about getting divorced and one wants to go to therapy mm-hmm. with the intent of either it's couples therapy or pre-divorce therapy or however it turns out how do they approach that constructively with their spouse who may not know how they feel like how do they bring them into that so that he, it's it's the therapy works
4: i mean i've even had people sco- like schedule a couple sessions um to tell their spouse that they want to get divorced so they do it in their with they do you do it in the session yeah Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fear. That no, I happens. would. Well, I would guess, I, how do I'm you not plan for that's, that? I'm not like, that that's is that, that thing. something
0: when that happens? You, how do you plan for that? Or is, is it? Are there people who are really good at that? Or highly like, skilled. No, you got to use We're this therapist. Skilled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. I, I think some I like people
4: it. need that, like middle person or that safe space or, I don't know. It happens more often than you think.
3: I think in terms of pre-divorce planning, we have to get back to that. Conversation of making therapy and coaching a preventative or a uh, a checkpoint in, you know, things are tough or we're not communicating or we don't feel connected, whatever this it it's probably not going to hurt to go, right? You're not going to make your relationship worse or this is going to be the therapy appointment that leads to your divorce. Right. If anything, you're going to get benefit out of it. And changing that dialogue, I think, is the big takeaway from this. How do we make that so that it's not a stigma and...
2: Well, and, and there are biases, to, to be true. There, there are biases that the therapist is going to take aside or, or the therapist is going to have, in fact, a bias. And it, it, quite honestly, we, we don't have skin in the game like that. That is not what we're there for. We're, we're highly trained. Uh, the people who do collaborative work in particular, are, we're all trained at the highest level. We're credentialed nationally at the highest level of everything that we do. And so when we're, we know how, when we're blindsided, we know how to handle that. We know when people don't, um, aren't ready to hear what it is that needs to be heard. That's where the pre-divorce counseling is helpful because it's also where the attorney, in collaboration with the attorney, the attorney I can send the person over and say, you know what? Please walk this person through the divorce process so that they're clear on this is what it's going to look like. People aren't afraid of change. That that is that that has not been true for decades and I'm here to, to eliminate that right now. We're not afraid of change. We're afraid we're 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 concerned about the ambiguity. Once there's a known entity about this is the process, this is the road, this is what the legal system does not doesn't care about, this is what it is that these different roles and responsibilities are with really clear supporting boundaries, where we'll take care of you, but we're also gonna take care of the issue, that then really brings a person into cooperation and eases the resistance or the hesitation because there is a way.
0: You know we have the answer of course. If someone doesn't know the steps of divorce. Where can they go? <laughs> Splurry.com of course. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So thanks great guests. Yes.
3: Thank you for listening to the Getting Split Ready podcast. And if you or someone you know is going through or thinking about a divorce, check out our website, splitready.com. Take our assessment to determine your DRQ, divorce readiness quotient. I'm just kidding. That's not a real thing. Um, but you can get through your divorce <laughs> yes. with your finances, yeah, integrity, like and sanity yeah. intact. Yeah. We can help you.
0: Don't forget to like us on social media, which we said, of course, was the devil today. But like our Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn. Our podcasts come out every week. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube and Facebook.
3: And you can still like us, even if you're not going through a divorce. That's Let's exactly get rid of that right. stigma too. Yes, somebody knows someone going I have through liked a divorce. You. Thank you. So yes. thanks yeah. so much, guests, really. Thank you. Thank you. And if you are thinking about divorce, please visit splitready.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready.